0: Hey, Zach. Hey, Stephen. Stephen, we always do the, the regular segment, and we call it uh, Hidden Treasures.
1: That we do. And my hidden treasure this week is buy the Slice Pizza. Now, I know it's not something specific to Madison, but I really miss
0: it when I go home. How often are you eating By the Slice Pizza, Stephen? Just, like... Once a weekend. Okay, so it's like a ritual thing. No, not even that.
1: But it's uh, it's more of a indulgent kind of thing because there's some really good buy the slice pizza here. And when I go back home and I am with friends or something, and I am like, you know, what would be really great right now, buy the slice pizza. And mm. you know how many p- places in Rosendale, Wisconsin, or even. Within a half hour drive of Rosendale, Wisconsin, sell so, buy the slice pizza.
0: I mean, the, the subway has pizzas. It's not, it's not buy the slice, you're right, but it's... Or any good at all. Well, yeah. <laughs>
1: it's not an indulgence
0: if it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so is that just something that campus has? Like, is it in your mess hall or... There are just a lot
1: of restaurants um, that are either on campus or very close to campus.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Milwaukee. We've got Ian's, which has they're famous for their um, mac and cheese pizza. Yep, Ian's is a popular one for sure. Okay, you've got that there too. Mm-hmm. That's our main yeah. buy the slice location.
1: I believe the original Ian's is in Milwaukee, but the best Ian's is in Madison. That's False. what I've been told.
0: I mean, you're you're right that the the original is in Milwaukee, but
1: <laughs> I don't know what makes it any better. But I've been told that the best is in Madison.
0: I, my metric is how many people I know who work there. So the Milwaukee one is clearly better.
1: See, that is a negative correlation for me. Because the people I know who work places will
0: not do a good job. <laughs> but a <I'm> problem. Touche. <laughs> Generally, though, Ian's Ian's employees will comp you. Oh, yeah. If they know you. So good point. that makes it better.
1: <laughs> do you eat it in the restaurant or do you go to a library
0: uh the the ians is near a very nice library actually um but i don't think you're allowed to have food in the library most libraries aren't big fans of food food and books not always the best especially greasy foods um sad yeah that's we should we should your library hasn't gone paperless yet (laughs) (laughs) we should make a business Stephen, and just it's food and books and it's isn't a bookstore and also a pizza shop
1: i mean there's (sighs) I like the idea. However, <laughs> there's a reason that libraries and bookstores don't like food that much, and it's that it ruins the books. And You bag and board each individual page. We'd, then we'd have to have a ridiculous markup for all that labor, and then no one wants to buy our books and pizza because <laughs> there's a ridiculous markup.
0: All right. Well, that's true, but you know what isn't? Uh, what is a li- library facility, but doesn't have a ridiculous markup is the uh, many amenities provided by the UWM library. Um, so I I never know what to say for these. I'm a fan of the Milwaukee campus, but I also have been here a year, so nothing is quite as new and surprising. Um, <laughs>
1: that's the point. It's supposed to keep you on your toes. Yeah.
0: So one thing that I did just learn about is that um, Milwaukee. UW-Milwaukee has, in our library, a recording booth. It's Whoa. just a perfectly soundproof room. Or not perfectly, but mostly soundproof room that you can rent out for some amount of time. And they also have little group work rooms that you can get. And uh, cubicles, apparently, that you can rent out sometimes. I was talking to someone, and I they, they mentioned that you can get cubicles, but I'm not sure how.
1: Interesting. Where, yeah. where, you haven't, like, seen the cubicles or anything?
0: No, they just said it, they're on the second floor to the left. All right. But they exist, I've been told. <laughs> Zach, uh, do you know if those cubicles have an Ethernet port? I have no clue, but I would hope so. That's that's an important thing, you know? Internet connectivity. It's the modern age. We use the Internet for everything. And it doesn't travel
1: through the air all that well. And it's really slow when it goes through the air. So, yeah. I want an Ethernet port in my cubicle so that when it's time to pick classes, I will have
0: first pick. Is it, all, is it really just a mad rush?
1: Uh, it's a staggered mad rush. It's okay. several mad rushes. So some of our listeners will remember my rant at the beginning of the school year about the class picking system at UW-Madison.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This last week, I picked my classes for the second semester. It wasn't as bad this time good now that i know the system it was easier to pick my classes and the backup classes ahead of time mm-hmm. and i pre-created schedules and redundant schedules just in case the class closed before i could enroll it was still did stress- you find
0: a way did you find a way to filter schedules that was a thing that you were looking for last year i found out last how to
1: schedule breaks good but there's still no way to fil- filter the schedules other than mm-hmm. that which is a pretty good way yeah um It was still pretty stressful, but not as stressful because I had weeks to prepare and not just an hour. (laughs)
0: You had a whole day last time, Stephen.
1: Correct. I had a whole day to decide on the classes, but an hour to actually pick
0: them. Oh, okay. I see.
1: To find them. And so the first time I did it was in uh, the new student orientation, which is... So it was mostly... It was an hour t- the first day to pick the classes you wanted with the help of an advisor, and mm-hmm. then an hour the next day to finish picking the classes and picking the schedule. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so apparently I was one of the last groups in the staggering, in
0: the staggered mad rush to go. I'm pretty sure, yeah, freshmen generally are.
1: I was behind most of the freshmen I knew, too. It was, Oh Yeah. So I did not get into all the classes I wanted, but I got into the important ones, the ones that are uh, important to my major, that kind of mm. stuff.
0: And enough electives and stuff. Which yeah. class are you most excited about?
1: Actually, that's a good question. Let me take look up what classes I'm taking, actually. <laughs> I'm actually most excited for English History 361, huh? which is The Emergence of Modern Britain uh, 1485 to 1660 and it's taught by a professor i had this semester who mm-hmm. i really really liked uh Johann somerville he is an excellent professor he is really knowledgeable and he tells these great stories um
0: yeah which you can't tell history any other way
1: yeah and he just he just knows it i don't know how else to say it he just is a really entertaining lecturer awesome did you have your classes picked out
0: uh yeah, I've had them picked out for a little bit now cuz I had to choose them before they accepted me into the University of Sweden.
1: Oh, right. What are, um what's your mo- most exciting class?
0: I got to remember uh shoot, I can only remember two of them. Three of them. What's the fourth one? Oh, um it's probably a toss up between AI and computer graphics. Oh yeah, that does sound exciting should be good they're both uh matrix they both involve like linear algebra and matrices and i never really learned those so i'm gonna have to do some studying over the winter break but all right i find Mm.
1: ai much more interesting so i'm wondering is there something i'm missing about computer graphics that sounds (laughs) more interesting to like is is there a portion of that i I don't know about that is more interesting because ai is pretty interesting to me
0: Yeah, AI is interesting. I think the level that I'd be learning AI, it wouldn't be the most advanced stuff, obviously, but I, computer graphics are definitely the integral parts of if you want to make a game, which is not to say I want to go work at like EA or something, but um, little weekend-long game-making competition type things do interest me, and for that you need to understand how all those graphics libraries work.
1: Okay, yeah, I see that.
0: And then also I... I'm hoping that somewhere that might have some. It might have a little bit of comparison to transcoding, which is definitely something that I'm interested in. How computers take video and turn it into information and then turn it back into video, turn it into bits and bytes and turn it back into video.
1: That's right, listeners. Zach is interested in how (laughs) I'm getting. What? Your hosts are nerds.
0: That's it. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. I I feel like they know what they signed up for.
1: Good point. And with picking classes for next semester, of course, Zach, it's finals time. Woohoo. So do you have any tips for finals, Zach? Uh, You've gone through this before. I haven't. I can't imagine it's too much different from the midterms,
0: but it's kind of daunting. I I really don't have any big tips for finals. I don't particularly remember my last finals. I remember I slept for a whole day a year (laughs) ago. It was the shortest day of the year, and I woke up at sunset. Wow. Um, Just because I didn't have any finals that day, and I was drained. Um, But... Uh, try try not to do that. But if you need to sleep, sleep. That's definitely important. You need to have some executive function when you're taking those exams. I'm really not the best person to talk to about this because I don't study well at all. All right. I know I ought to, but... <laughs> do you have any study tips for me?
1: Um, I'm still sticking with it's different for every class. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean it's nothing you haven't heard before it's uh get lots of sleep and eat well and don't forget to breathe and um coffee only keeps you awake it doesn't make you better at studying
0: yep these are all true things you know but if you have slept some coffee wakes you the heck up
1: yes coffee caffeine is more effective if you are rested
0: yeah You know what else is more effective um, when you're not trying to use it at midnight? Your iPhone? Is uh, it an iPhone? No. Why, why, would, why would an iPhone be... How How would that make any sense? I don't know.
1: That's the next <laughs> thing on the agenda. And whatever else is yeah. you're about to say does not make any... I couldn't
0: think of what else you would say. AT&T's customer service works a lot better when you're not calling them at midnight. Uh, I have learned. But Zach, uh, you got
1: an iPhone, right? There's no way you didn't buy an iPhone, because the pixels are bricking themselves. You bought an iPhone. Okay, what?
0: Hank Green said the p- his pixel bricked itself. He did? I did not. Oh, man. I did not hear about that. Okay. So, his, his pixel one. Oh, really? Looks like it, yeah. Same thing. Um, let's see. Okay.
1: He just squeezed it too hard and it stopped working. That's not true.
0: No, it's not. All right. Well, I can't find the tweet, but it looks like it was about his Pixel 1, which is totally a different matter, Steven. Um, (laughs) I got the Pixel 2 because I'm going abroad. All right. And while your point of the people who I want to have my phone number will have my phone number no matter what was valid, I also just don't want to have to deal with that, especially if I'm going to a couple other countries in Europe over the summer. That's gonna be switching carriers too many times for me to. So it's Google Fi that's keeping you on Android. Yeah. Well,
1: I guess that was a good investment on Google's part then. Yeah. And so. Uh, it, so no.
0: so so what's your what's your guess? Did I get the two or the XL?
1: Oh, uh, I didn't think about that. Uh, just I, I, I want to explain you know. my detective work and how I knew Zach got a Pixel. <laughs> so it's
0: not detective work, Stephen.
1: Although it was, cause you put it on the agenda. You said phone okay and i wanted to know what phone you got and for most of the week i didn't try to investigate i was gonna let myself be surprised yeah on the on the show but then i couldn't help myself i looked at your twitter and it said
0: posted on twitter for android ah ah yeah detective work detective work. i thought you the thing is i I got really hesitant to say anything once you said that pixels were breaking themselves. I figured that's how you knew. That's some good detective work. Yeah. I'm proud. Uh, and then you voted. You were
1: the only one that voted in the Patreon poll.
0: Yeah, that too. I did, I did everything. Actually, no, we had two votes. There were two votes in the Patreon poll.
1: I think one of them was Worrying Bugs. Yeah. Which does not count. Because <laughs> that's you and me. <laughs> Actually it's just me and me. You gave me the login. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> you, you voted for Pixel twice. I so did everything the patrons wanted. I'm blaming you listeners. You're the reason <laughs> that Zack has a inferior phone. That's it. It's their fault.
0: It's to whoever somebody could have voted iPhone. I would have done that. They they even tweeted at you to say they would have, but they didn't pay. They don't get to
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, uh Is so, also oh, yeah, I have with... to guess. Hold on. I'm okay, gonna... yeah. Wait, because you post, the vote was for the smaller one, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, is that what you got? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So Zach got a tiny inferior
0: phone. (laughs) It's really not that tiny. All right, well, give us your review. Uh, I haven't been able to use it in my everyday life because AT&T has kept my phone number locked up, and I will be able to actually say uh, maybe next episode if it's even...
1: You can't, like, even use it on Wi-Fi?
0: Well, I can, but there's not much point in carrying it around with me if my other phone gets all the calls and the texts. Fine. <laughs> so, but I I like it. Um, the setup process was nice. Oh, good. Um, the squeeze feature is actually really neat. I didn't didn't anticipate that, but it it's fine. You can definitely tell that I'm listen like I'm talking, in, in one ear, but I'm also paying attention to my phone as I just squeeze it and then hit the home button and then squeeze it and then hit the home button because it's got a side squeeze to activate the assistant. The camera's really nice. Oh, Do you want to see a high-res portrait photo of a grapefruit? Absolutely. Because I have one. Let's see it. All right. So there will be a link to this in the show notes. Uh, here's a picture uh, wherein I employed an AI to... Uh, to To make my picture of a grapefruit look nice.
1: Okay. Zach sent it to me over Google Photos. That's new. That's never been done before.
0: Well, because I get free Google Photos storage with my new Pixel 2. Everyone does that. Hmm? Everyone gets free Google Photos storage. Not full size.
1: Oh, yeah. We don't get the original.
0: (laughs) We get the compressed version. Yeah, you only get 10 megapixels. I get the full 12.
1: (laughs) okay yeah it's a good picture it's uh it's got the portrait mode blurry vac- background um <laughs> there's juice on the uh it appears to
0: be it's just a square plate
1: yeah square pl- okay i was wondering because like the blurriness made it seem like a piece of paper or something mm-hmm. but uh yeah no it's a good photo for sure yeah very very high res
0: <laughs> can zoom in get the full
1: oh yeah i can see all the little juice bubbles of the grapefruit full
0: grapefruity detail
1: yep See all the little contours.
0: It really lets you zoom in. Wow. <laughs> all right. So, what do you think I should do about a case? Should I get an otter box? Should I get a. Leave it naked. No. I know. Well, I have a case too. And it it
1: does do a very good job but i take it out whenever i feel comfortable enough doing it because i just really really hate cases of all kinds i don't like the thin ones cuz they're almost they um, they're not protective and i don't like the way they look and feel and i don't like the big ones because while they're protective they are bulky and not very much fun to use your phone with but
0: so instead of a case should i pay google five $5 a month to replace my phone if i drop it
1: See, there's an issue with that. I would say yes, except for this one thing, which is that if you do drop it, you're not going to get your phone back right away. Mm-hmm. You're going to be without a phone for a significant amount of time.
0: Yeah. So I should get a case. You,
1: sh- uh, Yeah, probably.
0: All right. I wish I could I'm, say I'm, no, but I'm as hesitant as you. But I, I'll get one of the pretty, the new felt ones that Google has. That they spent a thousand man hours perfecting the fabric.
1: I thought it was the color.
0: The color, the color of the fabric. Pre- yeah. I thought it was the texture too.
1: Oh, uh, maybe I miss. I think I missed that part of Google I/O anyway. Yeah.
0: It's yeah. Get that one because totally worth it. It's it's a thousand hours man hours right there. That's. And
1: every time you look at your phone, you're going to think, man, somebody put a thousand hours of their life (laughs) into finding this color, and it's just a little bit different from uh, uh, whatever you rested on top of, because I I want you to find, like, a table or something that is almost the same color. Mm, But not quite the same
0: color, because that's, they didn't spend, Ikea did not spend a thousand man hours. Yeah, they only spent, like, 250. God. Isn't that what it takes? A thousand, a thousand man hours to become an expert in anything?
1: Yeah, that guy is an expert on this color. On the color sl-
0: sort of red. Sort of red. Mostly red. So a note about the pixel. From the future. Out of time. Um, so the squeeze feature is cool. I like it. But, like, the discovery is good. I Did you hear that? I heard. What did she say? I think she said, I know what you like. Yeah, you
1: said I like it, and then she's like, of course I know what you like. I've been watching you shop. I
0: guess. Anyway, um, the squeeze feature is cool, and it's, like, discoverable. If you just squeeze Mm -hmm. your phone a little bit, it'll pop up and say, hey, did you want to turn this feature on? But it doesn't have... It doesn't have the power to naturally get integrated into the way that I work.
1: So, like, you're, you're doing something, and you want to
0: know something
1: so you don't squeeze your phone because that's not natural
0: yeah my instinct would be to open it up and go to the google bar right do you think that'll change hopefully but it doesn't have any natural mechanism to encourage that and i don't think there is a way to add that
1: yeah you're probably right i think they need to take away the google app (laughs) you can only (laughs) access it by squeezing that's how apple would do it yeah They they wanted people to use the mouse for the Apple
0: whatever computer, so they took away the arrow keys. And now, a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. Wikipedia is free because of gracious reader donations. Even $3 helps. Don't forget to donate to Wikipedia, because it's literally what keeps the internet moving these days. This has been a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. You
1: know, Zach, this is actually the first time I've donated to Wikipedia. Really? And it was because of what you wrote in the agenda. Oh? It was just like, I don't know why, but Wikipedia's big banner, like, hey, uh, Mm -hmm. it says the same thing that the PSA did. Yeah. But coming from you, Zach, (laughs) made me want to donate. Yeah. So I donated to Wikipedia.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I just just sent in my $3 today. I... I started donating a little bit ago. I'm not sure exactly when, but a couple of years. Yeah, it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, as a as a postscript, this also applies to your favorite podcast. Perhaps um, we we keep going.
1: Cortex is great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, does does Cortex have a
1: Patreon? Uh, I think they're part of Real AFM, So yeah, Relay FM. You can donate to Relay FM.
0: Okay. Yeah. So do that. That works. Or, you know, Patreon, some podcasts are on Patreon and you can donate to them on Patreon. Um, Actually, I, you said you donated to Wikipedia and I already was going to donate to Wikipedia. So I, I actually just donated to somebody on Patreon or supported, I think is the word Mm -hmm. because I've been meaning to for a very long time. And for the same reason that $3 helps Wikipedia, even though it's not like it's a coffee, Um, $1, over a lot of people helps someone who's on patreon yep. even though it's just a dollar a month from me so I, I go ahead I, I gave my card to patreon and started supporting joe hills he, he makes videos
1: uh on an unrelated note do you know how you close a poll
0: Ah, uh, no that's a good question
1: because zach has already bought his phone and voting at this point would be futile at best
0: you can decide which phone i get next
1: (laughs) okay the edit button maybe i will just take it down i'll delete the post like that's an option
0: but i want to suppose
1: i want people to see the results
0: i had uh we can you can download a csv of it
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh good we can't remember that these results (laughs)
0: <laughs> well i mean like you can download a csv of that and re-upload it so there's yeah. like bona fide proof right there except i'm pretty sure it has our email so that might not be a good idea i don't know if you can we can edit it and just say this poll is now closed here are the results but it
1: make the um new uh voting fee like a hundred dollars or something ridiculous
0: oh yeah well except no we'd want it because then you can't even see the results oh really yeah oh
1: yeah you're right Listeners, just don't vote, okay? (laughs) Okay? I mean, don't vote on that poll. Generally.
0: As a general rule, vote.
1: Vote on things you care about, or things that affect you. Don't vote illegally, either. Yep. Speaking of donations, donations are kind of like gifts. Yeah? In one setting, you might get or give a gift is a Secret Santa. Yeah. Now, Zach, are you participating in any Secret Santas this year? Not at all. I don't think... No, no,
0: I haven't. I am not. Okay.
1: I am, and I'm just going to say that it can be really hard to find a gift for someone that you know in in only a secret Santa kind of way. Or even someone you know better than that. It can just be really hard to find a gift for them. Gifts are hard. Especially when they don't do the, like, they want it to be a surprise. So you can't be telling people what you want Mm because that's not a surprise. Yeah. Do you have any recommendations for doing something like that? Um,
0: stalk all of their internet profiles. See if they have a Pinterest. Ooh, that's a great idea. I've heard that's good. Or like, uh, I don't know, can you favorite things on Etsy? See if they have an Etsy account that they favorited things on. Okay, okay, uh...
1: The only th- actually,
0: what I came up
1: with for My Secret Santa is going through all the conversations I've had with them in my head and seeing if they mentioned wanting something ever. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Did you come up with something? I did, actually. And I can't say what it is yeah. yet or ever. Has, how does Secret Santa work? Do you get to figure out who it is after the fact?
0: I think so. I think you, I think you say who it's from and who it's to. It's just it's secret up until the moment you give okay. them a gift. Cool might be like house rules though so you might want to double check on that
1: good point listeners you might get to find out what i got my secret santa this year for christmas
0: oh boy or this holiday season i've got to figure out gifts i have a couple brewing around in my head for these aren't secret santa they're just (laughs) general gifts but
1: i have a list of people as well that i need to figure out what i'm going to get them Speaking of gifts, Zach. I got Zach not really. Uh Steven they... got me the gift of being hooked on a game. Paper clips are bad gifts. Don't give people paper clips unless they're like really into that.
0: That'd be yeah. You could I don't know, you can make stuff out of paper clips.
1: Get the crafters in your life a large container of paperclips. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about, oh, Zach?
0: I, I do have a tip on gifts actually. Oh, okay. Um so like there are there are books that are like, oh, here's a how to make a thing how to tear turn popsicle sticks into your best friend or what like you know I'd... <laughs> um so when you do those don't not just the book but the thing the thing to use some of the implements to construct with
1: okay so a craft book along with the craft to be making things out of yeah to be using the craft book with that's uh, probably yeah. a good a pretty good idea yeah what about like goldsmithing one hundred and one? Is that something I should be
0: mm-hmm. getting? A, get them goldsmithing one hundred and one. A butane torch. Um, I don't. I don't know what else you need for goldsmithing. Gold's pretty soft. You probably don't need
1: too intensive materials. I mean, you need gold, which is what I was getting
0: at there. Oh, I see.
1: Well, don't uh, say anything about not needing gold to goldsmith. That is necessary. I veto anything you're about to say.
0: Or okay, an, an alternative. <laughs> you can't veto this, Steven. Okay. I, I unveto. I veto your veto. <laughs> you get them a goldsmithing book, a book on alchemy, and some lead.
1: Oh, perfect. Yeah. Although graphite might be, um, get them graphite pencils instead, because <laughs> lead is dangerous.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Who didn't? You shouldn't
1: give people lead. Mm-hmm.
0: They might eat it. Yeah
1: also don't eat lead
0: (laughs) your second psa of the week so anyway uh speaking of metals i guess something you can make with metals is paper clips certainly (laughs) um and something you can make with paper clips is a lot of things you could make anything out of paper clips you ask me Definitely according to
1: the game that Zach and I have been playing Yep. called Universal Paperclips.
0: Yep. You, you talk about it first. I need, I need someone else to okay. share this shame before I can even...
1: Well, I spent lots and lots and lots of hours playing this online game called Universal Paperclips. And it's, on the surface, it's your basic click and wait game. Where it's, yeah, it's like it does a, not, any other clicker. Yeah, you just click things and other things happen and you increase the number of paper clips that you make essentially.
0: Mm-hmm. I think one thing they did really well early game, I feel like I don't need to worry about spoiling the first 5 minutes. Okay. Is that you can change the price? Yep, for sure. Cuz because this, one of the things with th-
1: Yeah, this game is a lot of economics and mm-hmm. it's it starts off as like really basic basic uh, supply and demand kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like you have more paperclips, so you can sell them at a lower cost and make more money overall. Mm -hmm. And then once, but at some point, the game evolves, which is the really, really cool part about this game. Yeah. And it it comes into this like uh, theoretical economics and then it just gets more and more extreme Mm -hmm.
0: as you go and it's excellent. And then it does the thing that I think every clicker game must do at some point, which is go to space. Well, yeah. I I don't think I've ever played a clicker game that didn't involve at some point going to space. You're probably correct. I think that says something about the human condition.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, we put this in the side projects category, but really it should go in the philosophy category.
0: Yeah. It's to... a it's a it's a introspective look into Human desire or something.
1: Anyway, this game, if you don't know what we're talking about when we say a clicker game, imagine a spreadsheet that moves. And if you click a button. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> you're right. You're entirely accurate. It's just like a slowly progressing spreadsheet. But also, I'm imagining a spider, but instead of having a spider's body, it's just a spreadsheet. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs>
1: No, what I mean by that is there are numbers, and the numbers are automated except for the buttons that you click. So right at the beginning, there is one button, or like three buttons maybe. One that says make a paperclip, and one that says lower or raise the price of the paperclip. So you make a paperclip, and there's no instruction. It's just there's a button that says make a paperclip. Mm -hmm. And you click it, and half a second later, the supply thing, the supply uh, cell of your spreadsheet... Goes back down to zero from one, and you mm-hmm. have twenty five cents in your bank account. Yeah, and then you cook it like five more mm-hmm. times just to see what happens, and the same thing happens except with five this time. Mm-hmm. And then after like ten or fifteen, I am not really sure actually. Uh, there is
0: definitely a wiki of this that tells you exactly yeah, at what point any event that. happens.
1: Avoid that. It's, it makes it less fun. Yeah, it's it's spoilers because so, okay, listeners, you don't understand because you don't think that a game that could be made in a spreadsheet could have a storyline but it does it does it do and don't spoil the story for yourself play the game through the way it was meant to be played mm mm-hmm. do it on your l- laptop don't put it, do it on your phone
0: <laughs> yeah you also avoid it if you have anything more important that you should be doing
1: yeah We'll put a link in the show notes, but don't click it if unless you have, like, a weekend to kill. Because it really, really is fun. And there's something about it that makes you want to watch the numbers go up even if you're not doing anything. Like, something might happen, something might happen, but nothing ever happens unless you're, you do something specific.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Otherwise, the numbers just keep going up or the numbers go down depending on what the number is. Mm-hmm. So, Zach, how long did it take you, approximately, to complete the game? I didn't. You're still playing?
0: No. I quit. What? I I beat the system. <laughs> no. Oh. Because I have physics I need to be doing, Steven. <laughs> I'm impressed. I'm
1: impressed. I Once I started, I found it very hard to do. I really, really liked this, this game, and I wish... But I, the thing is that this game can't be redone. There can't be, like, a sequel. There can't be a offshoot or anything because it's about the discovery yeah and discovery won't be any good the second time around Mm -hmm. also zach you're missing a lot i don't know at what point you stopped that the point zach is at is almost the end of the game Mm -hmm. and he at this point it's so interesting because Like I was saying before, it starts off as very basic economics and then it gets into some more extreme economics and Mm -hmm. more and more and more to the point where it's barely recognizable as economics, but at some level it still is and it's really interesting to think about it, Mm -hmm. trying to optimize it the way that you would with supply and demand even though you can't even figure out what the supply and demand are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There were were the points where I was close to quitting and where i finally did quit were the points where it didn't i couldn't see what i was progressing towards
1: because mm,
0: mm-hmm. a lot of times they would have like oh you're shooting for this metric or this other metric yeah um,
1: that's another thing is this this game is definitely not made by professional game makers because they would not have any of those moments if that were the case
0: uh there were very few and most of them were because i allocated resources wrong um Overall, I do think it was a very well-designed game. Um, and I, I was able to, like, have it in the background while I did work, too, mm. which I, I I'm, that I'm glad about too. that. I yeah. found that
1: very difficult.
0: It was definitely, like, read one section. Flip back. What are the numbers doing? Read another section. <laughs> Ooh, what are the numbers doing? Get sucked into the numbers for half an hour. Read the next section. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: just to be clear, listeners, this game is just numbers.
0: Yeah and buttons there's some buttons yeah
1: buttons and numbers and no like reflex skill thing going on it's just economics and it's the most fun i've had with a video game in a long time
0: it was a good game
1: so if you're interested in it and we say this with the warning that you might actually like it (laughs) we'll put it in the show notes
0: So you were saying that the the guy who made that game was not a professional game maker, but he definitely like codes, at least in his free time, right? Oh, for sure. It
1: seems like at least it was and a the, well done game.
0: Yeah. And the the coding, especially like free time coding, is usually done with some pretty relaxed languages, right? JavaScript is not. You don't have to explicitly state what everything is. Python, you don't have to explicitly state what everything is. That kind of stuff is just for people who tool around with code much more than... Like, as a software engineer, it's really nice to have Java because it does a lot of things for you. But it also is hard to step into at your first glance. Compiler time checks, some good stuff as (laughs) someone who's been working in Python all... so this this is going to be a little geeky part. I'm going to try and bring it down and build it back up uh, from a normal level. But if you are not interested in how programming languages work at all, skip ahead. The podcast, uh, some listeners will have noticed, has chapters now. So Yeah, just uh, hit that little arrow or uh, what, however it works for you.
1: So yeah, if your podcast player supports it, which I think most of them do, mm-hmm. just skip ahead if you don't care.
0: So python when you're um when you're making variables in python you just give them a name and you don't say what type they are okay whereas like with java you would say hey this is an integer this is a you know whatever this is a car this is a car class and it does certain things it drives it has a move function whatever and those are the the kinds of things once you start defining classes that they do you just add different methods to them and that's kind of how that class is defined it's Um, That kind of thing. And so for Python, they don't do this type checking by name. They don't look and make sure that you called this thing a car and you called it a car over here. And here you're only looking for cars or whatever. Um, I'm going to go to animal from car. I I always use car as my example. And then it's never what I actually want to use. I'm not sure why. (laughs) So the animal class let's say which is just some bit of code that acts like an animal it you know you can feed it and it's fed bar goes up or whatever that kind of thing um if you have a bird you can like look at the bird or something (laughs) you could have a bird dot look at method right i mean
1: i would implement that as human dot look
0: at and with a uh, argument bird okay well then the bird would still need to have some sort of return value of bird dot has been looked at yeah bird dot visualize um so anyway the way that python does type checking is um if i say hey this thing right here i want a, a duck it goes through and it just checks all the method that it knows from somewhere off in the distance it knows that this is supposed to be a duck and a duck can do this thing and that thing and this thing and that thing And then it checks it on the method or the the object that I just gave it. And it says, hey, can this do this and that and this and that and that? Did that all make sense? Yep, that makes sense. Okay. So what this means is that if you have some object and it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, then it's a duck. Yes. And that's duck typing. Okay. So that's like an actual feature of a lot of programming languages that are uh, dynamically typed. That's pretty cool, actually. I never knew how that worked. Yeah, so it just checks the different method methods and method signatures that you have.
1: Alright, that is the uh do you think that takes the cake, the nerdiest thing we've said so far? Or is that still um thinking that uh video transcoding is very cool? It's close. They're close. I'm not or sure. Or is spreadsheet games nerdy enough? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. We'll put a poll in the Patreon. Actually might. That's a yeah. kind of a fun thing.
0: So I was in a play.
1: All right. We didn't hear about this,
0: Zach. No. You're failing I, our listeners. I just didn't mention it's all your it. It's fault. I, since like January. No, not January. Not since January. That was wrong. Since the start of the semester. So like mid to late September, I've been working on a play and we just put it on this past weekend.
1: When you say you were working on it, what exactly does
0: that mean? I was one of the three actors in an hour long show. Okay. What was the show? The show was art by Yasmina Reza. It was originally a French production, um, but it got translated. There were some weird translation artifacts, like uh, they would have these people speaking a bunch of English, and then they would say yes, 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 which is not a English thing to do. Um, was it fun? And yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of work. It was I had a three page long monologue i had to memorize oh my gosh and i was not remembering it until like the day before the show
1: as per usual
0: yeah (laughs) apparently there were the people who were involved besides me were all theater majors and apparently that's not just what you do oh really apparently it's all the shows i've been in (laughs) i don't think rosendale brandon runs their ship totally watertight but don't tell anyone they think it's fun.
1: <laughs> it works.
0: So that's the a, show.
1: As a side note, listeners, if you're ever in Rosendale during a show, they really do try hard. So you please go watch them. <laughs> they do. General, generally, with most things, people are—they're not
0: not caring,
1: yeah. not slacking off most of the time. That's not true. Hold on. Um, yeah, not not caring. That's a good way to put it.
0: <laughs> um, another thing to just to mention, I suppose, with this is that I. I've talked on here a couple times about the vlogs, and I've just not been editing them since school started, mostly. Yep. Because uh, we've,
1: we've all noticed, Zach.
0: <laughs> um, but now I've even forgotten to bring the camera with me to the show. Really? Yeah. So, I don't know, that little bit in my brain that is checking to see if I should have my camera along with me is getting quieter. I think I need to get back to editing so that I I would agree with remember.
1: that. Probably after finals,
0: though. Yeah. I figure I can get a whole thing done on the plane to Sweden.
1: Yeah, I can see that. So, uh, utilizing time on an airplane—that sounds uh pretty productive.
0: Yeah, it's uh arguably better than sleeping. Depends. Uh, that's actually kind of up in the air for me, cause. <laughs> God
1: damn it, Steven.
0: Well, hear me out. Sleeping on a plane is kind of up in the air.
1: No. <laughs> i did not even realize i made that pun nice catch because you have to weigh your jet lag your loss of productivity
0: due to jet lag versus getting things done on the plane to sweden right i also think that the best way to combat jet lag not that i'm any expert is to land and just stick to the normal schedule but with new time zones a singular new time zone
1: i would agree except I do think that it's easiest to do that if you sleep on the plane.
0: Alright. Well I've got
1: like twenty That's what something. I've been told 20 from something let's people I at, know
0: who travel a lot. Let's look at my flights. Google has this fantastic feature where it just searches through all your emails for your flights. Um this flight is Yeah, so I've got like ten hours, so I can sleep for some of that. Yeah,
1: that might be a good idea. Do like three hours sleep and seven hours vlog.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, before I even get started on the vlog, I need to get through... <laughs> All right, Steven. How many items do you think are currently in my overdue slash today view on Todoist? Oh, no. Um,
1: 45. 39. Oh, I was close.
0: Yeah. Um, a lot of them are readings that I don't need to do, but would be good to do before finals, probably. Okay. Some of them are just things I've been meaning to get done for a while. Some of it is very, very important stuff that I just need to get done, like, tonight. And I need to... to I, I would want to get that all done, if not by the end of the semester, at least before I start the new one. Wow. So so I feel like I, I'm in a weird place as this person who likes to get on a podcast and talk about how productive he is. <laughs> I
1: was going to say, we talk about how much you have to do a lot. Yeah. So what do you think the solution is?
0: I don't know. I I don't even feel prepared to find a solution besides just have fewer things going on. Because last week I had work, classes, homework, and tech week for the play. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm warranted in being a little bit behind. But it's definitely not an isolated incident.
1: (laughs) Okay, here's a question. How many things did you have to do before this week?
0: I'm not sure like a lot less than 39 yeah okay less than like probably closer to 10 okay that we're rolling over well maybe i I suppose before thanksgiving break it was closer to 10 okay
1: so do you think it's time to i guess what are you thinking is it time to get a new productivity system or is it or is it the worst
0: time for that because that would just add another thing to your to-do list it's definitely the worst time for that right now, but it's a good time to make a note of once finals are over thinking about this and how I prioritize things and just how I keep track of it all.
1: So, you wrote down in the sh- the agenda something that's not quite what we're talking about. Right. Do you want to talk about that?
0: Yeah. So, there there are people like I I think I would call CGP gray one mm-hmm. um like the uh, I can't remember his name, but College Info Geek is the
1: Thomas Frank. Frank Thomas yeah, Frank. That's
0: it. Um, and and then all the way up to like David Allen, the people who the the methods come straight from the guy who made Bullet Journal, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They are in this class of productivity guru. Do you think? Do you have it somewhere in the future that you want to become a productivity guru?
1: Uh, I'm gonna say no, but only because i haven't had a brilliant idea yet mm-hmm. cuz most of my to do system is uh a combination of getting things done and um what's the other one eisenhower matrix yeah yeah eisenhower matrix and getting things done basically mm-hmm. put things in your inbox sort through them later your brain is for thinking that's that part I took from getting think getting things done and then eisenhower matrix this is do soon this is important and etc yeah this is not too soon this is not important and classifying things like that um now that's not groundbreaking at all mm-hmm. and that's why i haven't really i think it'd be cool to help people like that yeah Cause it's definitely a hard thing to do is be productive but, no, I don't see myself coming up with something better
0: than my current mm-hmm. situation, <laughs> yeah, so then my follow up question, which you've kind of answered, is if you did, if we keep making the podcast and people come to it for productivity tips, I didn't okay, would you mind? would you object to that, or
1: no, not at all uh, I mean, if you really want to know the details, I've said it a million times on the podcast before, but I haven't, haven't made an official write up mm-hmm. but um it's. But yeah, if people want to know my thoughts on a certain idea or a system or anything of the sorts, uh, then I would not mind that at all. Mm-hmm.
0: Because uh, you, you were talking about being productivity guru at the level of David Allen or the bullet journal guy. Um, but I think there is also that level of CGP Grey who are synthesizing more than mm-hmm. coming up with something entirely new. It's a good point. Do you think that, this this is how it ties back into Todoist, do you think that those people who accidentally or intentionally position themselves as these productivity gurus have, like, a responsibility or...
1: Um, I don't think past publishing a guide and, then like, a frequently asked questions, they don't have a responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, they don't ha- even have a responsibility to do that much, but they, if they're going to market a product especially like bullet journaling if they're going mm-hmm. to market a product they really have to have their crap together mm-hmm. but like an eisenhower matrix it's just that it's a matrix and there's not anything else that goes into it so mm-hmm. and i i think it's intentionally um vague about the categories like important and do soon mm-hmm. that is what is important what does that mean that is completely up to the person using it yeah which can be hard for some people, but also keeps Eisenhower out of trouble.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's not quite what I meant. Do you think they have a responsibility to say, hey, look, even I screw up? Do you think David Allen should go on his podcast and say, look at me, I've got 29 undone items and I'm feeling entirely overwhelmed?
1: Oh. Um...
0: And to say not just how they deal with things in that, like ideal world where we all have infinite time and no other obligations and (laughs) it's it's just you and the system
1: no they don't however it'd be really nice if they did (laughs) but i understand completely from like from their spreadsheet that says is this a good idea for my wallet they should definitely Mm -hmm. not do that (laughs) if they admit that sometimes the system doesn't work then no then there's a Larger chance that a person will not buy their system because ev- look, even it doesn't work for the guy who made it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, at least,
0: yeah. So unless a part of the system is saying, "Oh God, I'm so overwhelmed, I'm just gonna trash it all and come up with a new list," <laughs> and that is an inherent thing to your system, you know, Zach, it you might not make sense there. to. Yeah, who has who needs due dates? Who needs their assignments done? Not me.
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't think that was. What I was getting at, I was getting at, um, you know, if you were to make a to-do system, sometimes it is like, and I know getting things done has this built in, but going taking the review process a step further, Mm -hmm. saying something like, okay, this is too much, we're going to delete it and re-add things that are, I I don't know. Yeah, that I
0: know are important, that I know are due, but that then that kind of defeats the system, because you...
1: Yeah, I, it's not entirely thought out yet.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I think forcing you to rewrite it somewhere else, if I scrolled through my to-do list and had to, like, handwrite the items that I wanted to save, fewer would get saved than right now are.
1: Mm-hmm. Actually, that's... Uh, I'm not sure if I've ever talked about this on the podcast, but sometimes if I do have a lot to do... I'll take a sticky note and write down the things mm-hmm. that need to get done, let's say just breaking it down by time. What needs to get done in the next hour, yeah, and that's a sticky note and then once that sticky note's done, I'll go to the next one the next hour, the next two hours-hmm um or during my lunch break. this is what I need need to get done today, yeah, which sometimes works sometimes it does not help me because the thing I need to get done over my lunch break is huge or mm-hmm. will take up much longer than what my lunch break is.
0: Yeah. And I'm talking about something maybe a little, like you were saying, the review process, going do and doing that with every task.
1: Right, right.
0: Because right now I have, there are a lot of songs that get in my head as mashups that I just want to hear made. Like um, most recently, let me find it. Because it was annoying when I looked it up and nobody had made the mashup. So now I feel like I'm <laughs> responsible for making the mashup. Because I, um, every time we touch and Wrecking Ball.
1: So, okay, I'm trying to imagine how that would go. Wait, which one has the lyrics and which one is the melody?
0: Um. Well, I was hearing like the karaoke version of Every Time We Touch and thought it was Wrecking Ball.
1: Okay. Uh, so I'm imagining it the other way and... I think that'd be easier, but... That's See, that, yeah,
0: that might be interesting to explore, too. But I, I don't have... Add that to
1: your to-do list. We're at 40 now.
0: <laughs> oh, these, these don't have due dates. Oh, okay. These are... That's in my category of dumb projects, <laughs> most, most of which do not have due dates. They're just things I want to look up eventually. Okay. So anyway, I don't know that those would get transferred over if I had to... Rewrite your wipe to-do the system, yeah, right. And rebuild it from scratch, or from handwritten.
1: Now, Zach, I'm curious. Is your current system something you've... You just started using Todoist, and this is what you fell into? Or did you decide this is how it's going to be?
0: Um, I've tried doing it intentionally, but it usually ekes back into just what happens when I naturally use Todoist.
1: Okay. So, do you think... How important do you think the app is? Could you do this with... Could you do your current to-do system with... Say, uh, checkly.
0: (laughs) That'd be gross, but probably. I think the one thing that is that would be different is that, um, I like to have the to doist quick ad that does all the like intelligent Mm -hmm. date and project stuff because then I can just be walking somewhere and type it up on my phone and deal with it at another time. But that only works if I feel like I've got the time in the afternoon, which I haven't recently. So, okay. All things to consider. And speaking of things to consider when reconsidering the year and reconsidering what you're doing, um, we talked last episode about just kind of a general direction to point your next year um, and that we weren't sure where we were thinking for ours, but we definitely wanted to come up with some. And we're also eager to hear yours, listener, if you have any to send in.
1: And yeah, I think that Zach and I aren't going to reveal our theme until after January first. Mm-hmm. Um, do I, we have?
0: Don't call it a reveal. It's just okay.
1: Yeah, but that's how it feels. Like technically, we're keeping it a secret, even though we're just not saying it until our show
0: after January first. I don't know. I feel like reveal implies someone is just itching to know. I'm itching, itching to know. I haven't come up with it yet. Oh yeah, I guess. Okay, so we also. <laughs> Well, no, but I'm going to reveal it to myself before.
1: Well, I'm going to reveal it to you. Aren't you excited to see hear mine, Zach?
0: Yeah, I am. Okay.
1: There you go. See? It's a reveal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to reveal it after the first.
1: Uh, did we ever decide what a formal definition was? Did we have one?
0: I, I liked mine, that it's just the direction you're going to point the year. Okay. Yeah, that was it. Steer the rudder towards.
1: We should call it a yearly heading then just uh get some different 2018
0: in really big bold letters (laughs) 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 oh no
1: i meant it in a nautical sense but you knew that so yeah but yeah no that that makes sense that's a good uh if we if we did want to distinguish it from
0: uh cortexes i think it's similar i think we can use them interchangeably but yearly heading is a good way to explain it quickly if the person you're talking to understands nautical terms great (laughs) Um, and you can let us know about your yearly heading or your, I don't know, your new phone that you got or what you're getting for your secret Santa, provided it isn't Steven or I, um, on Twitter, I'm there at the puns guy and I'm at not Stephen Barry. And we're eager to hear from you.
1: And now we'll be moving into our book club. We are reading Artemis. This episode, we read up to chapter five. Mm -hmm.
0: So if you want to catch up with us, we're just going up to the beginning of chapter five. Um, And if you are, then join us as we venture into the moon. Straight into it. The middle, center of the moon. Journey to the center (laughs) of the moon. It's easier than the sun. Yes. Yes less warm
1: wait zach do you think it would be easier to dig to the earth's core or the moon's core the moon doesn't have a core the center of the moon you mean like including including like rockets and stuff oh my guess would be moon actually. yeah
0: you need less heat ablative stuff mm-hmm. or or you could use heat ablative stuff instead of just totally heat shielding right because heat ablative just means that it falls apart when it gets hot but it falls apart intentionally <laughs>
1: Yeah, definitely moon. I mean, I don't know what the cost of a rocket is, and it's got to be very expensive, but I think it'd be less expensive than inventing a new type of heat shielding that could withstand the Earth's mantle and or core.
0: Yeah, and then it's just drills. It would be probably even easier. I'm guessing moon rock would be easier to drill.
1: Yeah, you're probably right. Well, I mean, the mantle and core are liquid, is the issue. I think it's a very slow-moving liquid, but a liquid nonetheless wouldn't it also be trying to get out if you drilled to it yeah probably i think a good portion of the mantle is solid but moving Mm -hmm. like that's how it was explained to me in like what sixth grade sixth grade geology yeah listeners if you know anything about this please write in (laughs) because we are (laughs) clueless
0: So I didn't actually um, get a chance to read this. I was just running around doing a lot uh, in the last couple of weeks. So I listened to it on Audible, but that definitely is not the same note-taking experience as reading it in in my hand. Um, so I definitely have some notes, but the majority of them should be from Stephen, hopefully.
1: Hopefully. Okay. Um, my first note was in chapter one when Jazz said that Artemis's air is pure oxygen at 20% of Earth's a- pressure. Yep. And I'm thinking about that, and I'm like, I understand that it's super inconvenient to pump a dome up to a uh, 100% of Earth's atmosphere. I understand that. Wait, what percentage of Earth's atmosphere it is? Is it? Tw- 20. Oh. So, yeah, it, but it has to have so many unintended consequences. Mm-hmm. Like, well, like for the bo- boiling water yeah like the hottest water can get on on in the city is barely above room temperature (laughs) yeah oh wait also what if you got a cut would your blood boil off i I don't think it's that hot i don't think it's hot enough for that but yeah no gosh gotta be getting pretty close No, they said it was like 60 Celsius. yeah, it's a lot above room temperature actually. yeah, don't don't listen to me. Yeah, but no.
0: my room it's... is good 24 25 Celsius right now.
1: <laughs> but still much much below the actual boiling the boiling point of water and at sea level.
0: yeah I I didn't hear the 20 percent thing and I just heard that it was hundred percent oxygen, which like did we learn nothing from Apollo 1?
1: Oh yeah, that too if that the oxygen if the atmosphere is purely oxygen that's also not i don't know if you're breathing in it seems wrong but i'm sure it's correct that it's possible to do
0: Uh uh-huh but i the the fire thing it's i guess it's less of a problem because not everyone is just stuck in one cockpit yeah yeah i I think the 20 percent pressurization helps Mm -hmm. um i've also gotten chapter one that i really like the phrase moon poon (laughs) <laughs> it's just a good phrase in that. Yep. And then that weir Andy Weir is really good um this happened in the Martian too at integrating exposition and action. Very closely <laughs> tied, like the bounding through space and ex- or bounding across the moon in the EVA suit and explaining why it was important, but also like the gravity of the situation while the situation was happening. Gravity. Oh, oh yeah. Ha
1: ha <laughs> Um my next note was still about um, the 20% pressur- pressurization okay. thing. It was 61 degrees Celsius, which is... Uh, I did the conversion. It's 142 degrees Fahrenheit, right. which you could very well touch. Oh. It's like... It's a very... No. It's it, It's too hot for a bathtub. Okay. But not so hot that you can't drink it. My next note is about Jazz spending a lot of time talking to... What's his name? The dude. Um, Her her first contraband delivery. The Norwegian guy? The mm. cigars. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know his name? Started with a T. I'll look. Okay. Trond. Trond. Yeah. So she's spending a lot of time in the first chapter at Trond's house for someone who gets paid per delivery. Yeah. But then again, she makes a lot more money getting um tr- Trond his cigars hmm yeah it's you
0: got to have good client relations yeah
1: so i'm sure she's also, done math
0: on that the reason she wants to have more is because she wants to be able to be in that kind of place right yeah so uh
1: my next one is in chapter two mm-hmm.
0: and i apparently stopped taking notes after chapter one so
1: <laughs> okay uh Jazz says, "In internally, she says, um, it's always about economics, am I right? And <laughs> I just made a note
0: that said, in- indeed. Uh, what do you think of the gizmos? I thought they were cool. They're kind of a, they're an ex machina, but not in a plot cheapening way. They just kind of make it easier than explaining exactly how all of the electronics of stuff works to say, oh, it's just a thing that, that does the stuff that we need it to on the moon.
1: Yep. Do you think it's weird oh. that there are no brands of gizmos? They're just good gizmos and bad gizmos? Yeah, that is. Because, I mean, it might work differently on the moon where everything's very tightly controlled as far as what gets imported and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. But I think in any capitalist-ish mm-hmm. place, um, a gizmo would be a com- competitive market considering everyone has one. Yeah and i also think that that might come back if there's some sort of um if gizmos are run by the government which
0: would make sense if there
1: are no brands mm-hmm. then
0: yeah like um maybe contracted out but yeah brandless yeah
1: so if that's the case and jazz starts committing crimes then she might have a tough time getting around without a gizmo mm-hmm.
0: another thing that you're talking about will will come back back and bite them Um, the author spends way too much time talking about how dense the hull was and how nothing can puncture that hull. Like it's at least once a chapter that they say nothing will puncture that hull ever. It's impossible. (laughs) Something is going to puncture that hull.
1: Definitely. I did not think about it, but you're entirely right. (laughs) Another thing that was explicitly said was Rudy's giz- gizmo is like a magic wand it could literally open any door in Artemis so mm-hmm. Rudy's gizmo will be used to open any door in Artemis
0: oh yeah <laughs> I will put money yeah, I on guess it.
1: Um, and then Rudy has a interesting sense of justice there's a yeah. excerpt I have for it um that's just how and it's that. That's how justice works around here. We don't have jails or fines. If you commit a serious crime, we exile you to earth. For everything else, there's Rudy. Mm -hmm. And it seems like Rudy has a lot of power and a lot of potential to abuse that power. I'm not sure if they explicitly said that he... um, I mean, he's targeting Jazz, which is not okay. Mm -hmm. In the the U.S. justice justice system, at least. You can't just follow someone around hoping they commit a crime.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd, it doesn't seem like space has many checks and balances.
1: Yeah, I mean, then again, it it's also controlled by uh, Ar- somehow Artemis got controlled entirely by the Nigerian government. Kenyan, Kenyan, sorry, the Kenyan government. Like, well, because
0: it's a it's like a Kenyan space colony. Yeah, which is weird because I well the explanation that they gave was no, convincing may- enough. That makes
1: sense. What I don't understand is how the other world powers
0: haven't said, oh, let's make this like a, a modular ISS kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And we'll, if you don't, we'll add we're bubbles. going to destroy the thing. How is this city entirely Kenyan? And is there, because it doesn't seem like there's another option for going to the moon. It's Kenya hmm. or bust.
0: I mean, there's like even, they explained like, the colonies. The access to the equator is really, is really helpful when you're trying to get into space. You want as much centrifugal force as you can get.
1: Okay. I see that. But. But we, but America has gone to the moon.
0: Yeah. So has Russia several times. Yeah. Also though, I'm pretty sure that we have forgotten a little bit how Saturn V works. In what way? Like, we just don't have all of the details about how Saturn V works anymore. The people who like worked the on... Data the data was particular, lost? ...particular... Or, they like, somebody just said to the engineer, Hey, actually, make that bolt a smaller bolt, or, you know, whatever. Interesting. I didn't know that. I'm, I I think I've heard that somewhere. Let me see. Oh, there's a Quora. Yeah, so, it, just a, a quick cursory look. It looks like we have, uh, just because it was, like, contracted out, and a lot of stuff was kind of just-in-time decisions to make sure that the stuff fit together right and huh wow it probably is not like if we wanted to get to the moon we could reverse engineer it mm-hmm. or we're we're doing sls now and that's capable of getting i think a significantly larger capsule to the moon
1: also we're going to mars soon nasa has uh, a plan that works to go to mars i'm pretty sure
0: yeah yeah that's that's the sls
1: oh yeah um i think we're okay on rockets i don't think that it's a technology thing holding us back from going to the moon i think it's a cost benefit thing mm-hmm. we pretty much know what we can get from the moon it's pretty much all the same you can get aluminum yeah apparently <laughs> um so something else weird about this city uh-huh. uh a few times also that not as frequently as no one nothing can puncture the hull but pretty frequently artemis does not f around with fire safety yeah. It it just there's redundancies upon redundancies of things to contain fires, mm-hmm. yet they don't have a dedicated fire department.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I just neither does Fairwater.
1: Fairwater's not on the moon, and they're
0: uh... <laughs> not entirely filled with oxygen. Yeah. But... <laughs> All right, valid.
1: Also, they have neighboring towns to help out <laughs> if there is a fire.
0: I don't know the volunteer response team is not unprecedented.
1: No, and it seems to be working pretty well, but for ah just it seems like such a bad idea to have something be so dangerous and not have something dedicated like this is specifically for fighting fires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All I do is sit around watching a board of LEDs that and when a LED blinks up, that means there's a fire in this area. And when someone sees that, there's an alarm, and the entire fire department goes and fights that fire. Mm -hmm.
0: Also, they totally don't fight fires. They just get people out of the fires. Yeah, because you can just starve the room of oxygen. You don't need to... Have you never played Faster Than Light, Steven? It's how you fight fires. You get everyone out, and then you starve the room of oxygen. All right. (sighs) It's also how you fight enemies. If they board your ship, you just get everyone out of where they are and starve the room of oxygen. Great plan. It's generally the solution to most of my problems. Wait, do they... Because they
1: don't suck any oxygen out. They just let the fire uh, suffocate itself.
0: Yes. Okay. I I, I guess it didn't say explicitly anywhere, but it would make sense that that's how they would fight the fire.
1: Yeah, because otherwise you're... Yeah, there's no other way to do it. Because if you're sucking air out, that has to go somewhere... And then you're also taking out the carbon dioxide and stuff that made by the fire. Mm-hmm. And that's no good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm also really curious about how much red tape there actually is around commercial sp- space travel, like at this moment, not just in the fictional story. Uh huh. Like if I wanted to shoot a rocket into space, who's going to tell me no, and what do I have to do to
0: get them to say yes? Mm-hmm. I cannot answer that question.
1: What's the major stuff,
0: do you think? Major stuff would be you'd have to declare it to someone or you'd be an unidentified object in airspace and they'd probably not take kindly to that. Good point. Um, And then there's probably eight levels of bureaucracy you need to go through just to say, hey, by the way, I'm going to space. (laughs) It's possible that my 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 robot is it's possible that the U.S. is like would require you to specifically be contracting with NASA Because most of what SpaceX is doing is just NASA contracting. Mm -hmm. And um, Blue Sky or whatever Bezos' thing is. Right. Uh,
1: The next thing I have is she pulled... This is uh, in the context of the Kenyan leader. Mm -hmm. She pulled money out of nowhere, creating a huge industry in her formerly third world country. And landed herself a job as ruler of the moon. And my note is this woman has the best resume I've ever seen. (laughs) Um, and then at the end of chapter two, Jez says, I'm sorry, but this isn't my thing. You'll have to find someone else. And I was like, whoa, really? She's not going to do it. And then the next sentence was him saying, I'll give you a million slugs. And she's her saying yes,
0: Mm -hmm. which, you know, yeah. Plot. (laughs) Yeah. I think another part of Andy Weir, um, not okay how do i want to say this another part of him integrating action and exposition means that a lot of stuff can happen and you don't know if it's going to be relevant later yeah that um, was something which is, that
1: neil stevenson did really well too
0: yeah but it's a different take on it it's a different way of dealing with it that this time it might just be that this little self-contained adventure where she dealt with the fire is mostly not going to come up again mm-hmm. and I don't know, like, I was just thinking the other day that in ReamD, they never touched back on the TSA thing. What was that? That um, they were having people, like, they'd set up a system so that people would attack goblins running the wrong direction, and it would set off alarms oh, and right, everybody right. would have to stop. I don't think they ever called back to that in any way.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I don't remember anything <laughs> calling back to it.
0: But it was still interesting information. It just didn't, it wasn't necessarily for the plot Mm. whereas all of this is for the plot just sometimes it's smaller smaller little units
1: Um, my next one is in chapter Uh, Mm 3 just that jazz is like the stereotypical uh, like uh, Mozart character where they just are instantly good at what they're doing Mm -hmm. except that applies to anything dealing with anything stem related Yep, which is fine. Which is, like if that's her character, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But I, it's really hard to imagine her working as what was it a? Uh, yeah, because okay, so fine. All she's paranoid that her dad is trying to get her to be a welder, or he's asking his uh, craftsmen or what what they call them,
0: artisans. I yeah, I don't remember
1: the craftsman artisan industry to try to hire her but like there's some job that like requires a lot of intelligence that you that jazz could be doing
0: and earning more than she does as a porter
1: yeah like if that's actually her goal to become very rich by having by getting the eva job or whatever
0: Mm -hmm.
1: this is not the right way to go about it you know Yeah, Even if you work for one of those guys who is friends with your dad's for a little while just so you have enough money to buy an EVA suit, Mm -hmm. I think that would be acceptable in her life philosophy. Yeah.
0: I think it was also just generally a rebellion against her dad, though, that he could have had somebody, if her dad had said to somebody, hey, give Jazz a million dollars, she would have refused it. That's a good point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, even working for the short amount of time off your off of your father essentially would have been unacceptable and i bring this up in the context of her um her electronics friend yeah electrical engineer maybe i'm not really sure uh he says art quality aside this is an elegant design did you copy it from somewhere and it's really frustrating because i want to know like what the device is and whether yeah. or not like it would be hard to find to to have an elegant design for it Hmm. um But because we're not supposed to know yet, we can't judge that, whether or not she is an aficionado or if she's just good at
0: Internet research. Mm -hmm. Also related to that electrical engineering guy. um, I I really like this book. I got to chapter five and I was so sad because I wanted to read it, like continue listening. It was (laughs) it's really enjoyable. But. It it weirds me out when Andy Weir tries to write sexually active female characters.
1: Yeah, I think he has a, and it comes back to a larger philosophical question: is whether or not um, a man can, or vice versa, of course, but whether or not a one one gender can effectively write from the perspective of another. Mm-hmm. And the what I've heard, and I'm not, I haven't really looked into it as much as. The people I've been hearing this from have, but the general answer that I've heard about that is no. That is not easy. Yeah. Definitely not. Definitely not easy. Probably not possible. Mm-hmm. My next note is uh, she has her saying, gosh darn, I'm a smuggler. Why did people keep asking for other crap? And I'm my note is, is this going to turn into a Zelda quest where she has to <laughs> satisfy... <laughs> Oh, I need a sword. Oh, I need an apple for this sword. Oh, I need a pear for this apple, and <laughs> so on. Before I give you my pear, you've got to go out and get rid of the three wolves haunting the woods. Yep. Um, Then condoms only cost 50 slugs, which made me think that birth control pills might actually, depending on the current climate of the future... Um, also, they're birth-
0: in Kenya, which I think mm-hmm. is... Generally, those Central Af- African nations are a little more religiously conservative.
1: Okay, yeah. I, my the thing I was getting at was um, birth control pills might actually be less expensive because they weigh so much less. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, depending on what the manufacturing
0: state of the world in the future. And it's possible also that you could synthesize them. Oh yeah. In space, much easier than in, than you could latex.
1: Um. In chapter four. Uh, I highlighted something, a little uh, offshoot. It said, uh, pays well, too. And I, it was just that Jazz thinks about everything in terms of, mani- of money, mm-hmm. which is something interesting about her.
0: I wonder if there's, a like, a slug stock market. Because it's some like, once you have that whatever million slugs, whatever her goal is, modern day people would invest that in, like, a mutual fund. Mm-hmm.
1: But, yeah, would you invest... It's really hard to invest in mono- Monopoly, Zach.
0: Because I also think that slugs would get cheaper over time as engineering progressed. So the value of the slug is going to go down. Yeah. Slugflation.
1: I mean, not if there's a fixed amount of slugs, though. If it's used as a currency, which it's not. It's not technically a currency because there's someone pretty much deciding everything that happens with the slug which is mm. the Kenyan space program I think yeah but I also think it, there's not much to invest in on the moon there's the aluminum making company mm-hmm. and then there's a bunch of private merchants and traders oh. and um yeah and artisans so everyone invests in the aluminum making company and then <laughs> where does that go mm-hmm
0: <laughs> yeah
1: everyone breathe more air so we have <laughs> so our money goes up it's an interesting thought though um and then my last one of this bar- of our section is um the moon Mm-hmm. which i just i enjoyed it i enjoyed the pun it's a mon, <laughs> even though it's not a monorail it still made me
0: laugh it's still a rail on the moon
1: yeah it it sounds a lot like Monorail, which is why Jazz is frustrated with it. Yeah. But it still works. Monorail. Yeah. All right, that's all I got. Uh, any first impressions, Zach, besides what I, we've already said?
0: Yeah, like I said, I really enjoyed it. I'm excited to get reading again. Yeah, me too. Uh, and speaking of which, I think we'll go to the beginning of chapter 11, just because finals are coming up. and
1: Sounds good. Which is so, about at about 65% of the book and there are no page numbers so sorry
0: (laughs) there are there are chapter markers in whatever medium you're yeah so we'll be back to talk about it uh once we get to chapter 11 and in two weeks that will happen in two weeks a fortnight some might even call it (laughs) until then you can we should
1: we should call it our fortnightly podcast yeah, I, we, I don't know if that's an innovation, but... No, but, like, whenever we... We always say, like, uh, this episode instead of this week, and I keep having to correct myself from saying this week because it's not. Uh-huh. I'm just going to start saying this fortnight. I
0: don't know if that's how that works. I don't know if that's how that word do. Is it... Is fortnight not just two weeks? No.
1: Yeah, fortnight is 14 days. as what Google says.
0: Yeah, but I don't know if, like, a week has a set... Uh, starting and ending point and a fortnight is just a unit
1: well a fortnight from now correct how about this we'll call it a worrying bugs fortnight and that way it definitely definitely does have a start and end date
0: and a worrying bugs fortnight starts every other Wednesday and ends every other Wednesday exactly okay we expanded the definition of a word you're welcome (laughs) so anyway we'll see you in one worrying bugs fortnight in that time period, if you
1: have any comments or suggestions about the show, or about the book club,
0: or about the book, or anything yeah. else we said, if over you think the, course the book of this podcast could have been written better, if you have specific complaints about the book, um, we're always down to hear them. We'll we'll do our best to change how Andy Weir writes. <laughs> um, uh, I'm at on Twitter at not and I'm at the puns guy. Uh, we have
1: a Patreon, as we've said before.
0: Um, And a Bitcoin. And And a a Zcash. And
1: a Zcash. Uh, I tried to get Ethereum working, but it is actually impossible. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Maybe someday. Maybe someday when Ethereum actually works. Because I downloaded the the UI version and it just never stopped syncing. Mm. It was like three days. I left it running for three days and it just never stopped syncing. So, yeah.
0: All right. Well... We'll see ya, or you, we won't see you, you won't see us, but we'll smell you in next fortnight. Goodbye. Goodbye.